Good evening and welcome to the latest episode of La Magicast. I'm your host Scott Munro. Welcome to episode 155. Tonight we'll be dissecting the massacre in Udine as Udinese won 4-0 against AS Roma yesterday evening. Uh, with me tonight I have last week's host uh, Imran. Thank you for covering for me while I was in Rome. How are we this evening on this Monday evening? I'm okay, thank you. Uh, thank you very much to you and Danny for the podcast last Wednesday. I was in Rome for the Monza game. Uh, I met up with Sterling, who is a Roma OG Twitter from yesteryear. Uh, we were standing next to each other in the Curva Nord. I would highly recommend anyone to go to the Stadio Olimpico at the moment to watch Roma games. The cheap tickets, atmosphere... As many people saw from the 22nd video I put up, or actually, no, it's probably a minute and eight video I put up on Wednesday morning. Uh, it's really good atmosphere atmosphere at the moment at the Stadio Olimpico, and I would highly recommend doing the stadium tour. So that was pretty awesome. Um, but we're not going to talk about that. But Imran, I will say thank you very much for, for covering. You and Danny did a really, really excellent job on dissecting the Juventus game and the Monza game last week. No, glad you enjoyed and uh, and the trip as well. But uh, we hope we, yeah, it's in the big shoes to fill. But <laughs> we did our best. <laughs> no, nah, nah, you guys did well. Yeah, um, hopefully I'll be going again in November. Fingers crossed for the Luda Goretz game. But shall we talk about the Let's do white, it. the white elephant in the room? Um, uh, that was a that was a bump in the road, a reality check, all of the above, but Udinese 4, Roman nil. Uh, it was not good viewing last night. It didn't start well with Rick Carsdorf mistake for a Destiny or Dodgy's goal in the first four minutes. But what were your thoughts on the overall performance? Um, it wasn't good, was it? It was just nothing really clicked. It was like you we WhatsApped each other and he said, Roma can always keep you grounded after a, a good start to the season. And hey, presto, what happened? Um, well, uh, it was uh, it, it was the anticlimax that we've <laughs> seen so many times before. Just when you start to get excited about this team and the results i wouldn't say performances because uh, me and danny we highlighted some of the uh, flaws and um, the weaknesses uh, in the previous game despite getting the results but <laughs> you know i must admit uh, before before we talk about the game it's it's sometimes it can be really difficult to talk about these things because people are not they are not ready for discussions uh, and it's really difficult to have nuanced discussions when you have you know a fan base <laughs> like we have right now which has turned Mourinho into uh, a cult figure uh, he's uh, basically untouchable you you cannot speak uh, negatively about anything that happens in the club 
uh, <laughs> without uh, getting, you know, bombarded by tweets, messages, um, with the, no perspective at all. So, you know, it's difficult to stay um, enthusiastic about, you know, discussing these type of things when there is such a great lack of realism. Uh, because, because so, you know, you can hear stuff like, oh, you know, it was just a game, you know, take it easy. Uh, look at all of you people just panicking. It's Udinese, you know, they had a game of their lives or, you know, Udinese is a really difficult opponent and it's just a one-off. Um, but uh, it's, you know, football is not as simple as that. You cannot just, you cannot just restrict, you know, a football game of 90 minutes into saying, oh, you know, the midfield will shit. Cristante was shit. That's why we lost. Oh, Castor was shit. That's why we lost. Or uh, Rui Patricio. Oh, you know, typical two mistakes. That's just part. That's just a proportion of the big picture because it, it, you know this simplistic view of uh, football matches. It's it's a bit boring in my opinion because it doesn't give you anything it doesn't give you anything um really it doesn't give you any understanding of uh, it doesn't present anything in terms of what's happening on the field people listen to podcasts and they read articles they engage in discussions because they want to learn something they want to understand what's going on why things are happening that's one of the reasons why we are trying to do this because we're trying to understand by discussing presenting views and have uh, discussions uh, which I think everyone can benefit from but instead you have you know stuff like ah you know the midfield was shit they didn't want it enough uh, they there was no energy there uh, or you know it's such a poor you know low level of uh, uh, of discussion that doesn't give you anything and I, for me I believe football is more than that that's why we try to do all that it's not about being negative it's about highlighting um, situations scenarios which could lead to better understanding of uh, of the situation and let's say for instance me and Danny we discussed um, the shortcoming and you know the warning signs basically that we saw in the early games Instead, you know, we were labeled as, uh, so I won't say anyone, everyone, but some people, you know, meant that we're negative. But it's not about negative. You understand. It's easier to understand yesterday's result if you look back uh, at the other games because the performances, they indicate that a performance, a result like yesterday could happen. Uh, and let's, for instance, take uh, Carstor, you know, the worst possible start. Um, going one nil down within five minutes, but it's it also has to do with the way you react after that. Uh, what type of uh, you know reaction do you give? Do you have a system which um, which allows you to react? And I mean, this is we gave Pinto ten out of ten for the Mercato. 
not just for the signing, but also the players you got rid of. But fair enough. You can't come on after yesterday's game and say, you know, Akristante is shit or the midfield is shit. Yeah, but create a system which makes them look good. Like Udinese, what makes what makes Udinese's midfield so special? I mean, compared to Roma, I mean, what do they have? They haven't spent. They're, they're not even, uh, you know, close to uh, having the budget that we have. Yet they played like a team. They had a proper system. You saw what they wanted to do, and they did it exceptionally. They basically uh, neutralized any threat that we could come up with. And essentially, Roma, once again, completely absent in midfield. Absence in midfield. I mean, it's due to having only two players. Could be. Would it help having three players there if you play 4-3, 1-2, or whatever? I'm not so sure. Uh, I think uh, it's, it's instructions that are given by the coach to the players on how they are uh, going to play, how they're going to move, how they're going to press, how they're going to defend, how they're going to attack. That's that's the fundamental issue here. You can change whichever formation you want in one way or another if you don't, as a collective unit, uh, perform in a certain way or try to play in a certain way, we will have the same issues. And uh, yesterday we saw it. Uh, we had some chances. We tried to create some chances, but we were, ne- we, we were never really threatened with the And then they went to nil up, another mistake. We could have equalized. Uh, or we could have uh, reduced uh, the lead by a goal uh, through that Mancini header, which went, you know, hit the crossbar. But once again, if you realistically look at this Roma, h- how do you see this Roma being threatening? From dead ball situations? Yeah, I think that that's our biggest strength. Nothing wrong with that. You should have you should have a strength like that. But what more? What's our uh, next strategy? Individual brilliance? Yeah, nothing wrong with that either. But if you have those strengths in addition to having a proper style of play, you become you become I wouldn't say unbeatable, but that's the ideal and optimal way for a team to play. And when you're going to have a long season, 38 games, I don't think it's enough to just you know, be, have dead ball situations or you know, relying on individual brilliance, especially when, um, when, you rely, when you're relying on individual brilliance for players who probably are not in top form, like Tammy Abram at the moment. So ultimately, yeah, it was, um, uh, it was um, a complete failure. Uh, from the beginning to the end, we were outplayed in every department of the game, um, and uh, we deservedly lost four nil. It really could have been a different story after about was it twenty seven seconds or thirty seconds if Dybala was goes through one on one and just shoots just wide past Silvestri. There, I think there was another Dybala chance also. And there was the Mancini header when it was what two three nil, and the game was done. Two nil, yeah, two nil. Um, I wanted to pick up on a couple of points. You were right about social media. The, the fans that I saw were quite reactive yesterday. Um, I, I was I, I put out a couple of tweets, and we discussed this on WhatsApp. It's like 
I said it was just a bump on a road, but you could see the warning signs in the previous games. We talked about it, about the Cremonese games with me, you and James, and then was it the Salernitana game? Sadly, I missed the Juve game because I was at another game myself, and at the Monza game, Monza looked good for 15 minutes, then Dybala scored twice in like 10 minutes, and the game was dead. And Roma could have had about seven or eight if they actually hit, uh, hit with their chances. But yesterday, it was... The warning signs were there. That there was so much space in the midfield um, that the the Udinese three in midfield and Udoji and Roberto Pereira, who I've never seen play wing back for probably about seven or eight years since we first came to Italy and played for Udinese, then Juventus. It was just the gaps in midfield were just it was eye opening, and I just think. There may be a change coming up, but I wanted to talk about the fans on social media. They are quite reactive and it's quite, would you say our fan base is quite emotional? Yeah, emotional, but uh, not so open to, I mean, you have to be open-minded when discussing Mm. these things. It doesn't have to be personal. Uh, So, yeah, I, I think, I think, People should just not take uh, everything so seriously. Should mm. be open to allowing discussions. You know, have different opinions. Just present your opinions and or the way you see things, and uh, and that's it. People could learn from that. People could um, people could learn from something from the discussions. That's you know. Yeah, it's just one defeat. Would you have rather have this game or like actually no? Roma have these type of games probably three to four times a season. And where the game is just a complete catastrophe, would you rather have this game now or when it matters in February, March, April, where Roma potentially could be pushing for something? But but you don't need to have these type of games. No, I, I don't understand. I mean, I, I I know what you're trying to say. It happens. It's yeah. inevitable. But but what I'm trying to say is that uh, this is something you have to prevent from happening. And how do you do that? Yeah, that's that's the question. I mean, did AC Milan have this type of game? Do you know? If you look at the big teams, even if they have these type of games, they can have a complete, you know, one game off. But if but they get back to their normal style of play, the performance changes. The performance uh, yesterday, or I mean, the pattern is there. We have been speaking about the midfield in all four games uh, before this game, you know, leading up to this game. The midfield is wide open. Midfield is wide open. And when you face a team like Udinese, uh, I mean, it was apparent yesterday, uh, if you give, if you allow them that, they will punish you because they are so quick in their transitions from defense to attack. While as for Juventus, they probably weren't as quick. Cremonese, I mean, Monza or Salernitana, nowhere near being as uh, quick in the transitions. And that that's something also that you lack from Roma. It, it feels like we uh, you can divide our game plan in two. One is uh, you defend with, let's say, eight players, and then you attack with certain players, you know, when you have possession. There's nothing... There in between, I mean, the transitions that you saw with Udinese yesterday. How do you move from attack to defense 
with the players to close the gap in midfield. I mean, if, if it feels like we have no plan there because it's always wide open. And this, that's why I'm saying that, yeah, you, you probably will have a game where you get beaten. I will say a result like the one of yesterday, yeah, you will have a couple, you know, three, four times a season, yeah, but not the performance. I mean, sometimes you can have uh, you can have an unlucky performance where everything goes against you. Roma are known for having that. They can play well, but the result will go against them. That's still that's still all right if you uh, if you play a good game or you play a game where uh, it's easy to understand what they're trying to do. But for me, it wasn't easy to understand what they were trying to do yesterday. Was a change of? T- oh, sorry. That's what I had. Yeah. Um, I have a couple questions. Would a change of shape be good? You mentioned the formation with a number 10 and three in midfield. A, a winger less formation, which sort of Roma are playing at the moment where they're, they're playing like a, a wing-back system and trying to be compact and get the first goal and win by the odd goal. That's happened a couple of times this season. Would a switch to accommodate Camera, who came on and looked quite lively yesterday, and Pellegrini and Matic and add a bit of stability in the midfield and given the, the license for a, a Dabala to link up with a front two of maybe Bolotti and Abraham or Bolotti and Shamorodov now that Abraham is injured? Uh, yeah, well, I think uh, if you look, uh, if you're looking a bit long term, then I think that could be an option. Uh, I think that uh, we should try, uh, especially in Ludogorets, we should try a four-two-three-one or four-three-one-two mm. formation. Uh, I, I would like to try the four-two-three-one uh, formation uh, with the Belotti on top because Abraham is will be injured for the next few games and. I don't know if uh, Shimurodov is ready to play, you know, when the club tried to offload him until the last minute of the deadline day. I think, uh, but I'm, I would like to be optimistic. I would like to believe that there will be a change in, in performance uh, and that it would give the team more stability uh, by doing that uh, with the presence in midfield. But it, it it helps little if you don't have if you don't have the the tactical system or the strategy uh, to play in a certain way in midfield to control the midfield. Then it won't make a difference who plays. Is it just a lack of energy? I, I don't think it's as easy as that. I mean, I mean, people probably criticize Matic yesterday. Uh, for me, he was one of the oh, better players. Yeah, I think Matic was ma- excellent yeah, yesterday. Yeah, I saw a couple yeah. of people calling him slow, passing sideways, backwards. He was Roma's best player on the pitch by a country mile. He was picking up the ball from deep, looking for possession and trying to start attacks, trying to thread balls. He's always comfortable on the ball. Whenever I've watched him in the Premier League or watched him live last Tuesday, he was was outstanding. He was by far Roma's best player yesterday. I completely agree. I, I think that he was uh, he he was so good in you know all the areas that you, all the you know areas that you mentioned, uh, but also he's he wants the ball. You know he he's always deep there, takes possession, 
links up with players. He's so confident with possession, good passes. He's, you know, uh, passing success rate is very high. And apart from that, yesterday he ran 11 kilometers more than any other Roma player mm. on the pitch. And it, it, uh, for me, Matic is not the problem. Uh, Matic is the answer to a lot of problems. We just need uh, his flow, yeah, definitely. But as a deep lying midfielder, he, uh, he he he's the perfect player right now. I don't have any issues with that. I think Kamara will uh, become a starter sooner or later. I agree. Well, on what I saw yesterday, I think he will start Thursday to give him more minutes. And I think he might be in contention on next Monday, a week today, but I agree with you. I think he will be a starter. Uh, Yeah. Uh, Kamara. uh, uh, I think he could be surprised of the season. Uh, He has some qualities which are, uh, um, you undervalued. They, they can be really important when you play because he comes with, with energy very much needed energy in the midfield. And especially when it comes to the pressing game, when you have a player like him, it's easy to uh, have a collective systematic pressure, uh, even high up in the field, to win back possession. And that's the most... This is a typical, um, typical player who you can have up there to win back possession early and to allow the midfield or the team to reorganize in, mm. in defense. Uh, you know, talking about the transition um, and <laughs> when you talk about, when you have Cristante, Matic, Pellegrini, like yesterday, you don't get the same energy in pressing the opponent up. I mean, you saw Matic was trying a lot, but he was just running in between with Ines' midfield um, uh, yesterday. So I think Kamara, um, when he's fully settled and match fit, could be uh, could be a really important. He could turn out to be a really important player. I completely agree. Um, we've probably done enough shitting on Roma's performance yesterday. Um, I wanted to talk about Udinese. Um, Andrea Sotil, who is the father of uh, Ricardo Sotil. I can see where he gets his good looks. Um, what were your thoughts on Udinese's performance? Because they um, there's three wins in a week. We have to give praise to the opposition yesterday. Um, what were your thoughts on their performance? Because I was astonished i didn't i thought roma would struggle and it may be a performance like what it was in march like a a grounded out one all draw but i was completely blown away and i was really impressed with delafeu isaac's success better when he came on the three in midfield and dodgy it was outstanding and i could see why spurs spent all the money on him. I think he's going to be the next Italian wonder kid and he's going to be a superstar. And I think Spurs will get a lot out of him when he goes to the Premier League next season. Um, what were your thoughts on Udinese yesterday? Very impressive. Uh, very impressive. And Andrea Sotil has done a great job uh, with his team. Um, very impressed by the way they played. Like I said, uh, how they defended as a unit and how quick they were on counterattacks. Uh, the mid 
midfield, the presence in midfield, the way they outmaneuvered us uh, in the midfield, and uh, especially the like we said, the transitions that they had from um, defense to attack and attack to defense, it it looked so organized and uh, well engineered, I would say. It looked like a very well coached team. And uh, yeah, mind you, his uh, role model when it comes to coaching is uh, no other than Luciano Spalletti. Yeah. So um, I, didn't, I didn't know that, but you, uh, he's he's been around a long while in the lower leagues, and he's had <laughs> he's had three stints at Livorno and two stints at Catania. His last yeah. two jobs were at Pescara, and the last two seasons he was with Ascoli, and he left the role in Ascoli in the summer, and he was announced after Choffy left to go to Hellas Verona. Yeah. Um, and then so far he's done a, a really, really st- outstanding job. They've got three wins in a week. And they're, I think they are above Roma on goal difference, isn't it? Uh, so far. Yeah, they are. So they, they won uh, away at Monza last Friday. Yeah. And then one midweek, that was a very questionable goal against Fiorentina, if I would say. And then yesterday, they, they defeated Roma 4-0. They placed Asuelo and Inter in the next two games. But I was very impressed. They look a well-coached, well-managed team, and they've got some absolute wonderful players. I'm a big fan of Beto, and as I say, I'm a, a big fan of Adoji, and I think he's going to be the next superstar in Italian football. Um, Should we preview... Thursday's game in the uh, Europa League. Uh, Roma travelled to Bulgaria against Luda Goretz. Would you make wholesale changes? We said a tactical setup. There is Roma will be missing a couple of key players. Um, Tammy Abraham picked up. A, or would you say it's a shoulder or an arm? Maybe an elbow injury. He went down with a in a well, I would say a fifty-fifty challenge with uh, Rodrigo Bacal, and it looks like he's going to miss the next couple of games, probably up until the international break. Would you see yeah. wholesale changes? Um, Roma need to bounce back after yesterday's performance. How would you see Roma picking up points in Bulgaria? They need to start strongly in the in the Europa League uh, group stage because you've got Helsinki and Real Betis as the other two teams. Yeah, I think uh, there will be there will be a, quite a few changes. I think I would give uh, Svilar the chance in goal uh, uh, because I think it would be good to have him as the Europa League goalkeeper, so to speak. And then um, I think Celik deserves to start on the right back. Um, Zaleski on the left. If we play with the uh, the three-man defense, then, then I think Kumbula should play for uh, Smalling. Kumbula's injured at the moment. He picked up an injury against the Monza. Ah, how long was he out for? Uh, I think it may be a couple of weeks. Was it like a couple a, of weeks? I think maybe a hip flexor injury, if I'm not mistaken. Or ah, a muscle okay. injury, yeah. Ah, it was a muscle injury. Ah, yeah, yeah. I remember he, he limped off. Uh, uh, then he's definitely not going to uh, be playing any part in that game. So, yeah. Then... Uh, uh, the three of them uh, in midfield. I think it's a bit early for Kamara to start from what Mourinho said. Uh, so, not ruling out uh, Matic 
and uh, Crisante starting again. Uh, I think El Sharawi will. Uh, He's also injured. Also. <laughs> oh my God! They're all injured. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He so, was the other one that got injured a couple yeah, months. How long? Yeah. yeah. That was a couple of weeks or so. Yeah. So it's El Sharawi, Kumbula. Darboe is out injured long term. Zaniolo, yeah. Zaniolo and Abraham. So that's quite four starters, or a few starters and a couple of squad players. Yeah. All right. Then <laughs> it's a bit more challenging. But uh, yeah. <laughs> should we say Bove to start in midfield, like yeah. an outsider? Yeah. Yeah. So we don't have too many options uh, now that we looked through the team. But uh, yeah, Shamorodov could be um, starting if El Sharawi is injured now that he's staying, so so there, there will be changes. I think it will be important to to give the right reaction, and uh, I think uh, I think we should win comfortably. Uh, Goris is, uh, like I said, a better team than Cesc Sofia that we have faced mm. almost every year, it feels like, in the uh, European competitions uh, in the f- last few years. But uh, Ludogorets is a level above uh, with their investments, with the team. And uh, they won 6-0 yesterday. I just saw against, is it Haybar 1918? The Ludogorets are second in the Bulgarian league. Yeah, with um, the... With a game, with a few games, two games I think in two, hand, two games in hand, yeah. yeah, something like that. They're level on points with CSK Sofia, uh, but uh, Ludogorets have the uh, superior goal difference by uh, ten more goals. So they scored. This is ridiculous. They scored twenty five goals in seven games and conceded four. Yeah, that's mental. They did win six nil yesterday, as you saw. Um, but yeah, they look. Um, I do agree. Uh, and what I've seen of them in Europe, they look stronger. We've played CSK Sofia, or was it the last couple of times in Europe? And they seem capable. Would you say they did beat Roma in the 2020-21 last game in the Europa League? But Fonseca did put out pretty much a C team. But yeah. the last couple of times I've seen them, Roma have been a lot stronger. I, I do see a, a tie to tie, but I do expect Roma t- to win. That's not being like too confident, but I just think that maybe the gap in quality of the of the two sides. I think Roma will want to bounce back after yesterday, but they want to start the Europa League campaign strongly. Yeah, I agree. I think... Uh... I think that's the correct uh, assessment and analysis of the game, but they they have some interesting players, but I think just the quality difference is a bit too much, and uh, that should be enough to overcome them. But um, yeah, look out! They they will be playing the games of their lives, and they have some interesting players. Uh, but uh, I think yeah, we should we should overcome that, and we need we need to bounce back. Um, uh, especially ahead of the Empoli game in the weekend, mm. so I I hope uh, for a good performance, a good result. So, you know, we're always optimistic, aren't we? Despite what happens, so uh, so yeah. Yeah, so Roma start their campaign in Europe on Thursday. Should we go to listeners' questions? We've only got two. Yeah, um, that's good. 
we've got a couple. I sent a, a tweet out this morning just uh, just after I start work. Uh, the Gracci brothers um, asked, our midfield clearly isn't working. How do we fix it? And then Roma Addict replied saying, Bove, Valpato, rotation, send signals to all starter players. If they play poorly, they will start from the bench. But but that's, you know, with all due respect, that's what the problem. Which signal do you want to send? I mean, it's not about the signal that needs to be sent. It needs, like like I said earlier in the pod here today, that it's about uh, the way you make the team play. If mm. you if you come up, of course, the the younger players, Bove and Volpato, whoever, they will come with a bit of added energy and motivation because uh, it's it's a chance for them to prove themselves while the other players they don't have to prove themselves um, you know in the same way so they will come with that added energy and motivation but that's not the solution uh, that's not the solution uh, going going forward because you need you need to address the issue that's like running away from the issue you just send mm. a, a few young players out there but you're not addressing the real issue what is the real issue the real issue is not the players uh, i mean of course they had a poor performance but to find um, the real culprit for that uh, is the lack of system a lack of ideas lack of philosophy and uh, and yeah i mean some people would say yeah there are different ways to play yes there are different ways to play i have no problems being ultra defensive if you play like simeonas atletico madrid or i mean the way they used to play when they were ultra defensive but you could see uh, you could see the way they moved from defense to attack attack to defense they were Boring to watch, but it was fascinating because they worked so well as a team, as a unit. So, so, so that's that's not the problem. Uh, that we uh, we just uh, I'm, I think the solution to the midfield or or the Roma's problem in general is just having a proper system, mm. like a, a three man system. I think would help going forward. Um, our final questions from Lorde. Um, Something that me and you have already talked about earlier. Uh, what's happening with Tammy Abraham? One goal this season in Serie A. That was the poacher's header away in Turin against Juventus. It's been a bit of a slow start this season for Tammy, hasn't it? It has. He was poor in preseason as well. So it uh, it has been a poor season for him so far, but... It's good to have uh, Pelotti who yes, can go in. Yes. Just for, waiting for him to be fully match fit. I think you know it's not like he has been very impressive, but he hasn't played too much. Uh, but the little he has played shows that clearly he needs. Um, he's lacking match fitness. He needs to get into the rhythm, uh, the way the team uh, wants to play. He has to understand the players and you know build up a chemistry with them to understand how they want to play. So yeah, with Tammy, do you think he may be trying a little bit too hard? Like yesterday, Gareth Southgate was in in Friuli to watch the game. Um, he he was quite complimentary on Udinese and not so complimentary on Roma, which is no. understandable. What <laughs> yeah, he saw, 
Yeah, which is understandable. Um, I think Tammy may have gone down the pecking order for an England corner now that Ivan Tony, who is at Brentford and who's gone through the leagues over here in the UK, he's been at, at Newcastle, uh, North, uh, Peterborough. Now he's absolutely killing it at, at, at Brentford, scored a lot of goals in the, the promotion season and did well last season and then scored, a, I think he scored a hat-trick at the weekend against Leeds. But I feel that it's between Tammy and Ivan Tony now to go as the, the backup to Harry Kane. If Tammy started the season well, I think he would have got the number two spot. But now I think he's going to struggle going forward. And especially now with the injury, it's going to be quite hard for him to come back for national team duty. But for Roma, he's, I feel he's going to be the starter alongside Belotti. But we had this last season with Tammy, didn't he? He started slow. And then what was it? The Was it the Atalanta game? When Roma won 4-1? Where yeah. It just, kick-started and he just went on this unbelievable run. Do you think that he is the type of player who starts slow, he's a slow burner, but then he kicks in when it really matters? Yeah. He, he can be... But the, pro, the, the the unfortunate uh, thing was that, you know, he's he has been forced to play even when he was out of form, when he was... Mm. Uh, slightly injured, especially last season. Yeah, uh, but now injured, once yeah. Belotti, yeah, exactly. So obviously it's been frustrating for him because he's, you know, it, it can have a psychological impact as well when when you miss chances and you don't score goals as you want him to, because then you know when you are in the box or in certain situations, you would try to uh, finish it off. Uh, because you're so desperate for that goal instead of uh, you know giving an easy pass to your opponent uh, so psychologically it, it's impacting him negatively but hopefully uh, ho- hopefully he will come back uh, more uh, i mean uh, with less pressure of course it's not going to help if Pelotti starts scoring but i'm i, I don't i'm not too worried I, I know that once he he's you know, off the mark, he will be he will be scoring them goals like like last season. Yeah, I I completely agree. He was more like last season. He found his rhythm and found his form after a slow start. This season, he I think he's probably getting used to playing with a, a few more attack minded players with Zaniolo, Dybala, and Pellegrini. Um, I think he's trying to find the rhythm and the runs of them to. Sorry, the the other attack is going forward, and also he, he does seem to get quite frustrated very quickly when something doesn't go his way. But hey ho, um, I think he has become an, a better all round player after last season. It's just got a click, and when it does, I, I'm I'm going to eagerly anticipate and watch because I think it will be like last season where it just clicked. Halfway through the season and 2022, he was outstanding in the latter part of last season. But yeah, uh, I completely agree. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. (laughs) Thank you to the two who sent questions. Um, Imran, we've gone close to 40 minutes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it feels like uh, there's so much more you can say about the performances, but I think in generally, 
people should just think like there's that we're just trying to discuss what we see on the pitch yeah. it's nothing personal it's just uh, where we see things it's not you know just having agenda against Mourinho whatever once again we come to the same situation it's the same people you know asking this you know coming up with the same ridiculous claims I mean if you're not happy if you don't, if you can't listen to podcast read articles where your boy gets discussed uh you know uh, after the defeat yesterday then perhaps you should find something else to do or you know create podcasts where you glorify him all day all night if that's what you want otherwise you know it's it's a world where these discussions are important. Then you know you have to debate in order to improve. Otherwise, uh, otherwise there's no point. So um, yeah, just needed to be said, and we will keep doing it. Whoever yeah. comes in, whoever whoever's the coach, nothing against Mourinho. And still, I'm, and I think part of the reason why we get so disappointed is because. Because of the enthusiasm and uh, that was created, expectations that were created. You're so excited. It's such a good score. This is probably the best score we have in a very, very long time. And of course, with that comes expectations, come a lot of hope. And uh, when when that gets you know shattered like yesterday, of course it affects you. And you start to you, you you need to find answers to why things happen and. What we do here is just present um, um, explanations to why things have happened, how you can address them, how you can fix them. And um, if you have better ideas or better explanations or other explanations, um, I wouldn't say better, that's probably wrong, but alternative explanations, mm. you know, share them and we yeah. will discuss them. That's it. Just come with it. There's no, uh, I think, difficult to have, you know, a, uh, you know, best practice on how to do things or uh, the correct answer, the wrong. There's no correct or wrong answer. It's just uh, exchanging ideas. So very yeah. open-minded. Yeah, there's no agenda. Um, we don't have agenda against him. We were quite pro-Jose last season, up times where Roma were, were getting results. And look what he did. He got Roma a trophy for the first time since 2008. Uh, Roma won a European trophy. Um, his he's now won all three. Um, where I'm excited to see what happens this season. I always said on here on social media and to my friends who do watch Italian football, they do take an interest. I said you won't see the real Roma until season two. And I'm, he's built him and Thiago Pinto and Freakins have built a really strong squad for this season. There is expectation. Um, I saw it last Tuesday with Sterling in, in the Olympico, packed out Olympico, enthusiasm, colour, voice. The performance was outstanding. Coming out of the Olympico last Tuesday was amazing. Um, you do hit speed bumps. I think yesterday was a, a bit of a speed bump. It's just how you react. There's like, like you said, there's no agenda. There's no bias. We see what we see. We say we react to things on what we see on the pitch. And we have to, if we have to criticize, we have to criticize If We have to praise. We have to praise. It's not, there's no bias. There's no agenda. There's some people who do pipe up. Just differences. Social. Yeah. It's just yeah. differences of opinion. opinion and yeah. uh, that's, uh, there's nothing wrong with that. 
I didn't think I'd be having this discussion again in 2022 as we did in. February. I think we'll be. I think we'll be having it all season because I yeah. think we're in for yeah. a, for a long season. There will be ups and downs, but uh, as always, I'm still optimistic. Still hope that it can be a positive season. Season, but uh, but um, we have to. We have to. F- you know, we have to ask questions. We have to try to um, understand why things happen, and that's yeah, that's that's the only thing. Yeah, I completely agree. Um, I imagine we've gone almost forty-five minutes. You do not have anything else to add. Here. <laughs> I think that's it. We just, uh, I just felt the need for kind no. of clarif- uh, clarification there because no, yeah, that's understandable. Things tend to get blown out of proportions and uh, misunderstood. So it's just important to have made it clear. Never know. We could be getting more British media um, pickups like we did last season when a, a, a Tottenham reporter quoted our podcast. On, on, on yeah, they, they're desperate for that. So I yeah. really hope they have better things to do than to, you know, fishing for criticism about Mourinho because yeah, this, this early in the that, season. That's what they live for, but uh, we come in here to to present something else. I completely agree. Uh, Imran, uh, it's been an absolute pleasure. It's been a while. as, as uh, It's been a couple of weeks. Um, thank you for joining me on this Monday evening. Uh, it's been an absolute pleasure. Um, we should probably do this. we should probably do this again at the end of the week to discuss the Luda Goretz uh, result. Um, but guys, you can follow us at themagicast.com and you can find us on all podcast platforms, Apple, Spotify, or wherever you find us. Um, once again, Imran, thank you very much. Absolutely, thank pleasure. you. Hopefully, Roma do bounce back. Uh, there is some games coming up. We had to have Luda Goretz, uh, Empley this time next week. Well, actually a little bit later than this time next week. And then it's the HJK Helsinki game. And then there's one more game in the league before the international break. It was against Atalanta, which evidently has been sold out. Uh, so for Sorama, no surprise. Uh, yeah, not, no surprise. I think <laughs> there'll be more sellouts going on. I've already had fans DM me, uh, when, if, when the tickets go on sale, and I'm hoping to get an early ticket for the Ludogorets game in November. But yeah, I won't be surprised if there's more sellouts at the Olympico. Um, for Sorama and ciao. Ciao. <laughs>